your maze tattoo, update your conspiracy board, and get ready to weather the storm with us as we return to Haven. This is Trouble, the self-proclaimed number one Haven rewatch podcast, debuting back in 2010 as a sci-fi channel original show. Haven stars Emily Rose, Lucas Bryan, and Eric Balfour as they take on a different curse every week while trying to solve the mysteries of Haven. I am your first host in our father-son podcasting duo, Alex French. And I'm Rich French, the French who is less than two years away from a colonoscopy. <laughs> uh, as usual, we like to summarize the episode before we get going. Uh, we are doing episode three of season two. It's called Love Machine. All right, so our episode begins. Uh, we're kind of looking at a boat in the docks, a haven. Uh, the guy's kind of trying to get out, you know, is the day seems like they've ended. They caught a bunch of fish. It's all caught in a net. And he's, what is he doing? He's just kind of going over and fucking around the machines, doing some last minute tweaks and stuff, right? Right, exactly. And uh, so all of a sudden he f- sees a fish land fall on him and then he looks up and then the whole big net is above him. And then the machine on its own moves the lever, crushes him with the fish, drops all that tonnage of fish right on top of poor Captain Robbie. Got nothing on Captain Richards. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they, they both meet the same outcome. <laughs> well, Captain Robbie survives the fish fall. Meanwhile, the Audrey's, uh, Audrey and Fraudry are... Checking out uh, Duke is showing her, you know, a place to live could be the attic for the in the gray goal. And it's not the attic. It's just the second floor of the gray goal. And it's kind of this big room, but it's really cluttered, you know, but she's looking at a place to live. Well, Audrey's attic does have a ring to it, though. Yeah, then maybe that's what we'll call it. Audrey's attic. That's it's our studio. That's where we record out of Audrey's attic. Well, I record out of the goat studios. And so Duke is talking about cleaning it up while and the Audrey's go out into the balcony to kind of talk. Right. And fraudry saying where she'd like a wind chime you know where a wind chime would fit and 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 fraudry pulls out the book right that they found in uh do we have a name for fake howard fraud word or something or no no not fraudry uh how weird no <laughs> okay let's go with how weird with agent how weird uh she pulls out the book and what do they find in the book uh they find uh, some coordinates so to a strip of land that is unaccessible uh, by vehicle so boat only main audrey mentions you know hey let's wait let's do this together and fraudry's like eh, you know you really can't stop me and then audrey makes fun of where the wind chimes would go before they leave right so next uh nathan and audrey arrive at the port to investigate the fish accident on the maggie kelly and they meet the very very charming owner of the boat jimmy halsey not named after the singer she was too young for that who is a complete asshole so captain robbie's on a stretcher and he starts arguing with halsey and all of a sudden the ship crane comes over him and drops this big thing down on him it crushes him and kills him so captain robbie only survived for a little bit longer Joins Captain Richards and our fallen fallen Haven captains. It, it might not be a good a good place to be a captain. <laughs> yeah. So so basically so basically yeah. you know everyone liked a captain. So they have no motive and their suspect is a boat. Right, and so they kind of go talk to Vince and Dave. They find out that the ship used to be something else and it was renamed, which is like ooh, you know, like big no no. Right. It, uh, it used to be named the Sea Star and that it, it had sunk. It, it had previously sunk. So Jimmy had floated it and then had uh, and then had it repaired. Right. And the guy who did the repairs is a guy named Lewis. And so they go to visit Lewis. He's a bit of an oddball. Is it a British accent? Right. Yeah. Sounds British to me. 
And uh, so uh, he's a handyman who also fixes boats. And he he tells uh, Nathan and Audrey that, hey, I thought uh, Jimmy had, you know, squared it away with, uh, you know, the, the families. And they're like, the families? He's like, yeah, when we floated the boat, the entire crew was uh, still dead at their stations. That was a... Yeah, maybe we have a haunted boat now. Uh, Meanwhile, they respond, you know, and then we meet his girlfriend. Yeah, Marsha Stelzer. Yeah, and she's got a crock pot of food, very loving, blah, blah, blah. They respond to a call about a crane or something, or they respond to, they go to talk to a guy, a union guy, you know, basically just confirming Jimmy's an asshole when all of a sudden the crane goes rogue and uh, starts crushing shit. Yeah, the, the crane. The crane actually smashes into the car of uh, the union organizer, organizer Curtis, because Curtis had been talking with Captain Robbie about you know organizing and unionizing the, the the crew, which Halsey was not a big fan of. So now it's kind of everything's kind of pointing towards uh, asshole Halsey. Yeah. Right. So they go to confront Jimmy. They're like, "Hey, Jimmy, you know, do you know about the troubles and all this shit?" He's like, "Yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm modernizing Haven. Blah blah blah. I'm an asshole." Uh, when all of a sudden, you know, a construction vehicle comes to life, is coming towards them. He's kind of backing up like, oh, shit. And then his head hits a propeller that turns on behind him. And Nathan's like, oh, shit, the machines are working together. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, he wasn't controlling them because he wouldn't have killed himself, you know, death by propeller. Right. So we're back at square one with them. Meanwhile, Duke and Evie, uh, Duke is cleaning uh, the top floor, trying to get it ready for Audrey when Evie kind of comes in and. You know, it was like, oh, I want to live here. And Duke's like, eh, too bad. And she's like, yo, you're trying to stay away from me because you're like attracted to me still. And Duke's like, eh. Yeah, she's trying to apply her womanly wiles against him. And it appears to be working. And thankfully, Fraudry comes on the scene and gives him an excuse to get out of the situation because Fraudry wants him to take her to the coordinates, kind of basically forces him. You know, yeah, to- she's got some FBI blackmail on him. Uh, or something in her file. She shows a file to him and he's, she's like, yep, you are going to want this. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll take you. Meanwhile, Evie's like, what's going on? Like, I'll, I'll fucking help you. I'll steal the file. And he's like, don't worry about it. I'm going to take care of it. This is a small, like little case from back in the day, but I got it. Like you don't need to do anything. Audrey gets a call from Marsha saying that there's a machine run amok at the hockey rink. And uh, Nathan and Audrey now go to the, uh, the Haven uh, Ice Palace, and they to go t- take out, look at this machine. And when they get there, there is sure enough, there's a hockey machine that is just firing pucks uh, dangerously ar- around the rink. And uh, Nathan uh, is able to uh, pretty easily turn off the machine without getting hit. She, <laughs> uh, Marcia says, you know, hey, I'm tired of all this crazy shit. That's why I'm going to move to Florida and live on a houseboat. And uh, then Audrey asked her to show her some other great, you know, stuff that happens around there. And Audrey, uh, so they take her up to a player piano and it's playing, uh, it's playing a song. And Audrey's like, it's a player piano. So that's what it's supposed to do. But she said, yeah, I didn't load that song. I hate jazz. So, and of course, it, Audrey sits down at it. She knows how to play the piano, even though she never took a lesson or ever learned how to piano. But maybe Lucy Ripley did. Yeah, exactly. Uh Meanwhile, we're going to kind of cut back to Duke and Fraudry on the boat and they're talking, you know, Fraudry's like, hey, you're kind of normal. Duke's like, ah, well, you're pretty weird, too. And she talks about, you know, hey, I had a boyfriend named Brad before he was a doctor, you know, blah, 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 blah. So they kind of connect, have a little emotional connection. They get to the strip of land that they were looking for. Uh, Fraudry leaves Duke behind and goes and searches in the forest by herself and finds a mysterious building out in the woods. You might call it a barn a barn 
Uh, so she enters the barn and is like, what the fuck? And then we'll uh, come back to that story later. Because meanwhile, Audrey and Nathan go back to Lewis's workshop and what happens there. Right. So they had figured out that all the machines that are acting up are machines that Lewis had worked on. <clears throat> so it's tied to him. Right. When they get to Lewis's workshop, uh, Nathan's talking to Laverne on the radio and the radio goes out. They enter the workshop and it shit just, you know, breaks loose. I mean, you got snowblowers coming after them. There's a circular saw where, where there's screws next to it that are being fired at them. Then there's a nail gun that hits a propane tank and then a welder's torch lights up. So the place is about to freaking blow. Nathan finds a piece of sheet metal, uses it as a shield and they escape the building just as it explodes. And Audrey points out to Nathan, hey, buddy, you got four nails in the back of your shoulder. And he's just like, eh, leave them in. I'll bleed less. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, back to the island, Duke kind of comes out looking for Fraudry because he's like, where is she? Uh, finds her. She's got her gun pulled on him. And he's like, whoa, you know, what the hell's going on? Like, do you have my file? And she's like, no. And he's like, great. I, I knew you were conning me. I, you were lying to me. You screwing me over. But as he looks over, she's trying, he's like, come on, let's go. And as she's trying to put her gun away, she can't, like, she doesn't really know what she's doing with it. And he realizes something's really wrong here. But that's bef- And that happens before uh, we kind of cut back to Lewis, the guy who would repair the machines, right? As they've kind of figured out, you know, he's involved. His stuff in his house is going haywire and starting to kind of freak out and attack him and shit. Yeah, his microwave pops open its door and knocks his keys into garbage disposal, which goes on when he tries to reach his hand into it. So basically, his machines are trying to keep him in his house. Yeah. And so he runs into Audrey and Nathan. They kind of realize they're like, hey, you know, like, are you doing this? And he's like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. And they kind of realize like, oh, shit. All the, and he tells them about a. They find out about a job offer that he could have gone to Alaska for Jimmy or now his girlfriend, Marsha, Marsha, right? Yes, Marsha. Marsha wants to move to Florida. And so they realize the machines are attacking people who might take him away from Haven. And they realize that he fixed all the machines at the Ice Palace. So now they need to get the hell over there uh, right away. Because at meanwhile, at the Ice Palace, uh, Marsha is try- going to clean up some broken plexiglass and a hockey rink. And then the Zamboni. Just to say it again, I love the words Zamboni. The Zamboni start fires up and starts rushing towards her. And when Nathan, Audrey, and Lewis get there, she is pinned between the Zamboni and the wall, and I'm about to be crushed to death. Uh, Audrey comes up with the idea that she shoots the circuit board of the Zamboni and tells Lewis he's got to fix it. So the you know basically makes the machine happy, and uh, he fixes it. You know. And then uh, the machine is happy, backs up, releases her. Nathan pushes her, drags her away. And then Audrey basically lays it down to Lewis. Hey, you got to stay in Haven. Let her go to Florida, but you got to stay here for the safety with these machines. And once it's all concluded, we cut back to Haven PD and Audrey and Nathan are checking out Fraudry that Dukes brought her in. And uh, they realize she's totally comatose. Audrey tells her a bunch of things or just mentally gone. Audrey's trying to tell her a bunch of things about herself, but she doesn't know her own name. She doesn't know any of the details about Audrey Parker. She's complete wiped completely clean. Uh, so they call her old boyfriend. You know, Audrey goes an emotional thing trying to convince her, but you know, there's nothing really there. So she calls her old boyfriend, Brad, he comes to pick her up to take her home. 
and take care of her because she kind of responds to Brad, even though she doesn't remember anything else. Yeah, she remembers Brad's name, and uh, Duke was the one who called her. Duke also uh, mentioned that it was kind of interesting, just like the day they found the Colorado kid. No one can remember anything. So that's a interesting little tie-in there. Right, and Duke's at the Grey Gull afterwards. Uh, Evie comes up, and she stole the file. Duke was trying to lie to her that he had gotten the file, and she's like, I did all this work for you for nothing it's not even about the case you're saying it's about fuck you duke and he's like oh okay she uh, walks off uh, he looks at he looks at the file and in there there's a map which has the maze symbol on it so i don't know why the fbi would have that but uh that was in the file uh then next we have uh nathan who is uh, at hpd and he is doing the hot stove box which is basically a kind of like a suggestion box from for the citizens that his dad started and uh, he didn't want to do it but now he's going through those and reading those and then we end up with audrey in uh you know in audrey's attic and she's playing piano and uh looking somber and that's how the episode ends Except there's one last detail, right? They go to the strip of land where Fraudry went uh, to look at what erased her memories and find that there is no building, but there is a patch of grass that looks like something was there recently. Exactly. You can tell there was a structure that had killed the grass. It was over. Yep. And that's the episode. All tied up nice and neat for you. Episode three, Love Machine. All right. Ratings. What did you give Love Machine? Okay, for my rating, well, there are some great lines and some pretty important information revealed, but in reality, I hate this episode and I think it sucks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I get that they're uh, paying homage to Maximum Overdrive, which we'll talk more about later, but um, I hate this trouble. I thought it was a stupid trouble. I think there, I think there's lots and lots of other inconsistencies, which we'll we'll talk about later as well. It's just, I mean, there were some good things like the uh, humor from Duke and Nathan, the touching ending scenes between Audrey and Fraudry, and the the reveal of the barn, which is a pretty big deal. But I mean, everything else really, in my opinion, sucked. And uh, so, at the best I can do on the patent pending uh, Frenchel meter is a three. And for me, it's my least favorite episode so far of the series. Uh, season one and two. I guess, yeah, I guess I haven't, I don't think I've heard you rate it anything that low before. No, oh, I went back and looked at my ratings to make sure I was being consistent. And uh, that's why it got its three. Ooh, that's intense. A three. I was not expecting yeah, a three. I do not like this episode. Wow. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, while I was preparing for it, I, I just kept uh, delaying and delaying because I just did not like the episode. I hated it. So like I said, there's good things in it. So I, I guess I shouldn't say I hated the whole episode because there are some good things in it, but I strongly dislike this episode and I uh, did not want to watch it again. <laughs> uh, I guess I was going to give it a, a six that was okay i think a six is no is okay like it's i wouldn't say it's bad but i also wouldn't like really it's not it's not that good but it's kind of in that you know it's kind of in that uh sketchy territory for me of like man you know just kind of there it's an episode yeah yeah sketchy is like three times better than this yeah <laughs> oh i don't know i don't know it's sketchy's got the jess with a trank gun jess is uh oh i protect animals but i also slaughtered them uh but but moment. she knocks them out first so it's you know it's a it's a painless process for them exactly yeah. exactly yeah. 
because she cares and she is like you call her <laughs> the, the swiss knife of the cast plug her in everywhere yeah so i thought this is a six basically i like duke fraudry stuff a lot and like you said the ending is like pretty touching and stuff yeah the trouble's kind of just dumb and it was maybe the easiest to guess trouble yet i thought maybe it's a tie between this and the dark man as the ones that the second you saw the guy you're like yep he's got the trouble that's him yeah. there's the problem <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty obvious when the, when machines start operating themselves and he's like the repairman for all the machines. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean oh, I'm working on the machines. And I got this little car I'm working on and I clearly care, like I'm loving to it. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's this guy. Like, what, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Now, the only thing we got to figure out is he doing it on purpose or on accident? Like, and I think that it was just funny how they were trying so hard to throw it off. with Like, maybe it's this union guy. Maybe it's Jimmy. Maybe it's the girlfriend. And it's like, no, it's the guy like. Lewis Puffle, uh, yep, uh, uh, Thornton could have seen it was Lewis Puffle. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six. It's okay. You're a generous man. Uh, um, generous man. Yeah, and I don't know what we rated Butterfly, but if I could go back, that one might be my th- my three. I think Butterfly would be my three out of ten. Believe me, I played with the idea of giving it a one, but uh, I did like, like Ooh. I said, those things. I, I just, I, I hate, I hate this episode, and we'll, we'll, we'll delve more, more into that. There's, like I said, there's just some, there's some, some shit in this episode that I, some underlying trauma from Maximum Overdrive. I'm guessing. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I was an Emilio Estevez fanboy back in the eighties, <laughs> so it, you know, the king ruined that. Broke my heart. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it, right? So, as you said, this is an homage to Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive, right? Right. Uh, Maximum Overdrive was a movie from uh, 1986, and it was actually written. Uh, I think he had a co-writer, I think, on the script, but nope. but nope, it was all him. Okay, so uh, King wrote it and actually directed it. The only movie he's ever directed. It's and based it, off his short trucks, by the way. Right. It, you know, and, and the, you know, the, the concept, you know, that, uh, you know, Earth has passed through a comet tail and uh, now all of a sudden machines come to life and are trying to kill the humans, which Fucking is dumb. <laughs> it is dumb. I, I like the whole thing about the comet, you know, and then there's the, there's this alien aspect to it later that, you know, makes for a, a decent story, but a pure, pure shit movie. I don't know why uh, the writers would want to pay homage to Maximum Overdrive. I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's a steaming pile of shit movie. It, it you know King and uh, Emilio were nominated for Razzies for it. I mean that that's how how bad it is. King has said that it, uh, the only thing he learned from it was that he never wanted to direct again. You know, I, I just why pay homage to some you know some you know a. a bad moment in someone's career it'd be kind of like me hey we're gonna do an episode based around rich's college career well you know despite the fact graduating with honors let's build it around his the one freaking exam he failed the entire time he was in college <laughs> let's build it on that. that that's what this is like to me yeah maybe you know let's you know number one i think maximum overdrive is kind of not quite but it's like in this kind of cult realm now of like it's fun it's so stupid it's kind of fun to watch you know where like I was reading a review for it that was saying it's one of those movies you want to talk back to that you want to like, even if you're in the theater, you want to speak to it like the way you would the room. It's kind of got this like kind of culty type feel to it. If it's so stupid, it's fun. And maybe or, you know, and maybe that's what they want to homage where they're like, yeah, it's kind of so dumb that it's fun. Or maybe 
it's like a redemption thing. Maybe they're like, hey, there's kind of something to this technology turning on us idea. Like, let's try our hand at, you know, redeeming maximum overdrive and Haven to which oh, they yeah. didn't really succeed. But yeah, this technology <laughs> versus man thing. Yeah, that yeah, that has been done well before. It's called Terminator. Okay. Well, at least one of them. Well, as I was about to say, Terminator, if we look at its uh the totality of the franchise, I would say, what's the percentage of success at now? Like 33% or something? Which one's the one where Christian Bale just screaming at people through the whole movie? That's Salvation. <laughs> salvation, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you had to work on that, yeah. wouldn't you? You know, I've just read stories about the director, McGee, being so coked out of his mind. Uh, much like Stephen King on Maximum Overdrive, he says he was so coked out of his head during it. Uh, that's why well, he was barely knew what he was doing. Like him, McGee was also coked out of his mind and dealing with agoraphobia. So I think the producers had to come force him out of his house the night before shooting and fly him to set to go work on Terminator. So you can already imagine. But Maximum Overdrive did have one redeeming factor, right? Was the soundtrack? The soundtrack, yeah. It was completely, uh, it was basically uh, the, the newest ACDC album. Yeah. They had a hit song, Who Made Who, and uh, you know there was a couple others on there. But Who Made Who was pretty big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's they, so one thing, one good thing came out of Maximum yeah, Overdrive. So th- there, there is that. So I, I, it's not like they wouldn't have made the album anyways, but, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe if he didn't have this, maybe King would have attempted to direct something better, you know, and fucked it up. So maybe this is a blessing. This, what if he's like, you know what? I'm taking on the stand or the green mile, and I'm going to direct that. And oh. You're somewhat, you know, you're a trained screenwriter, so I, I <laughs> got to imagine there's a... a uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, there's it's one thing to write a novel, though, and, you know, and craft a story versus a script. They're two different animals. They may do the, you know, have the same, you know, goal, but they're two different animals. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and directing is even an extremely different animal than writing a screenplay or a book. I find, I think one thing maybe King, I'm not sure how King operates necessarily, but in his book, you know, he has an excess of words, right? He's allowed to kind of go wherever he wants. I think as a director, you have to be. It's in the fucking title. You have to be more direct. You have to find way. You have to find a ways to cut to exactly what you want, um, and be firm and stuff. And sometimes I think the writer personalities aren't always the best directors. As a director, I think you kind of got to be a bit of an asshole. You got to be a bit of an asshole to be a good director, in my opinion. Well, you you've got that part down. So yeah. maybe too Bright much future. of an asshole, though. Different type of asshole. Different type of asshole. Uh, yeah, acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah, you can blame it on me. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't yeah. hugged enough as a child. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think it's maybe a blessing in disguise. This is where King, uh, his directorial debut came from, was on Maximum Overdrive. So we can kind of contain that to, to yeah. a kind of a story no one gives a shit about. You know, I, I might try to watch it, watch it again. Because like I said, I haven't seen it since, uh, you know, since like 1986 when it came out. So uh Maybe, you know, maybe I'll watch it again and I'll have an epiphany and uh, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, my God, let me get a Maximum Overdrive poster, uh, you know, for the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. You know. uh, kind of another big topic about the episode was the fate of Fraudry. This, <clears throat> you know, maybe they should have called this the trial of Fraudry Parker. It's a love machine. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, and because it would have nothing to do with a trial, just like the last time. Do you think this was a good conclusion to the fraudery storyline or do you think more could have been done 
and, you know, and this is actually a positive thing about the episode uh, okay. that I had had thought about was, uh, you know, obviously at some point, you know, I mean, for though I think most listeners and us, you know, have previously watched the show or watched it at least far enough along that we know about the barn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and we won't go into that, you know, but, you know, the barn is pretty, pretty freaking important in, you know, the whole story. But they had to come up with a way to introduce the barn. And then they also had to come up with a way to kind of get uh, Fraudry out. And this is a pretty neat little device to do that. You're probably going to think the opposite when you, when you, <laughs> no, when no, you no, retort. But I thought it you're was giving, you're, cl- giving the, you're giving the audience a spoiler because you could see my face. They can't see my face, so don't don't, don't give them a hint. (laughs) Well, folks, let me just tell you, bad beard and mustache. That's all all I'm going to say. I'm just trying to emulate. uh, I'm just trying to go for my Eric Balfour impression, but it's just not coming along. (laughs) With the hair, it's more like (laughs) Jesus Christ superstar. Whoa, whoa, uh, Duke's going to grow his hair out later. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I seem to remember him ponytailing it at uh, it's, it's, sometimes you got to do it. You know, sometimes you got to yeah. tie up the hair. Not a problem I've had in many years, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, I just thought it was kind of a clever way to introduce the barn and, you know, give Audrey, you know, give Fraudry her, her exit. Because, you know, besides, I was just getting tired of typing the Audrey's, the Audrey, you know, and, and that, even though I liked her character quite a bit. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, and at least at least she got, you know, <laughs> Brad, you know, so Dr. Brad is, you know, going to take care of her and we'll see if her memories slowly come back or not. But yeah, I, I, I like that part of it. Yeah. So I would say I don't mind how it went down. I'm not like, I liked that the barn cleaned her clock, you know, and uh, I, I, I got, I got some questions about Brad that Brad's just like, yeah, all right, I'll show up to fucking Haven, Maine, check her out. Well, I won't take her to a doctor and I'm not going to ask any questions. The fuck's up with that. Brad just shows up and is like, Okay, cool. See you later. Also, Audrey, there's nothing weird going on here. Bye. Your name's Audrey, too. Wow. What a coincidence. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought it was a little weird that Brad was just like, okay, cool. I'm yeah, that to, was. You're going to willing to, does he have, you know, not everyone's like a caretaker like that. That's a really big responsibility to take care of somebody who, you know, is, is in need having- of that cognitive issues right yeah that's, that's a big uh, cross to bear uh and brad i don't know were they that serious that he's like all right cool i'll take care of her for the rest of her life <laughs> like, whoa dude whoa you know get her into an institution man we only went on a couple of dates yeah. Like, hey yeah yeah brad's like uh you know i met her on tinder it's not that big a deal uh <laughs> i swiped left or is it right i don't know uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, so yeah, I was a little like, okay, you know, if she had been like, you know, I had this serious thing that we kind of just went on like a break for a bit, you know, and now, you know, then I would be like, oh, okay, this makes sense. But it's like, yeah, I was dating this guy. I don't even know if he knows like what's going on, but he's willing well, to come up and take care of her. Well, and we know it wasn't like super, super long because she yeah. even told uh, Duke that, you know, that uh, Audrey doesn't, you know, cause Duke's True. like, oh, the does Audrey have a Brad? Our Audrey have a Brad? And she's like, no, I didn't meet him till Audrey got to Haven till after Audrey got to Haven. So, so what, you know, not even a year she's been in Haven really. And he's like, all right, cool. Down to take care of you forever. Awesome. That's right. He's like, I'm a single doctor, man. Like, damn it. (laughs) So I don't, I, I liked the way they did it. 
my issue is just that it was too soon. Um, I think Haven has a real problem with hanging on to like the psych. If it's not Audrey, Nathan, Duke, Vince or Dave, it's like they, it's like water in their hands. They can't hold on to anybody to save their lives. They're like, ah, okay, we got this Jess killer, 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 or like Eleanor Carr, killer, killer, like, or Julia right out of the, it's like, hold on to somebody for fuck's sake. Send her back to Africa. Yeah. It's like they got this compulsion to just kill the characters. They're like, ah, ah, you okay, we got this cool second Audrey. We can do a bunch of, erase her memory, throw her away, get her out of the show. It's like, what are you doing? Like, so I don't know. I thought there was a lot more to explore. Like I was saying in the first episode when we covered A Tale of Two Audreys, this is such a good narrative device to explore your character and to question where Audrey's characteristics come from. What's the real her and what's not, you know, what comes from Lucy uh, or whoever she really is and what comes from this Audrey and like what are the real facets of her and stuff like that. And I feel like we just left so much on the table and they're like, so there's, you know, I don't want her to overstay her welcome, but then it's also like, I want to explore this concept a little bit more fully. Like, let's get an episode that this is also a big, like, you know, let's get more content out of this instead of like first opportunity they have, they just fucking toss her, you know, because also last episode, she's on her own a bunch, you know, investigating Duke's video surveillance. And now she was going to the Island with just Duke and now she's gone. Like, it just feels like a bit of a waste. Same thing I felt about like Jess and Julia. And I think Eleanor was a big miscalculation. Um, them thinking like, oh, we'll replace Eleanor with Julia. Oops, goodbye, Julia. So, and now Evie just seems to do, or Evie seems to do nothing on the show. Like, what the fuck's the point of this character? My hey, God. She stole the file, man. She still has feelings for Duke. That was yeah. so stupid where she's like, I did this for you. And he was, I would have been like, I didn't fucking ask you to do anything. I told you to leave it alone that I was going to take care of it. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like Dumb and Dumber when he sells Petey, the, uh, the dead parakeet. What'd you do with Petey? I took care of it. <laughs> Well, she actually took care of it. I, I mean, I guess I guess Lloyd took care of it too. But well, I mean, you knew she did. You, you know, it was so obvious. Yeah, you she's know, eyeing the she, car. She's eyeing the car, and you know she's gonna she's gonna steal it. And then uh, the minute he lies and says, "Oh uh, no, yeah, I, I I burnt it. Yeah, I got it and burnt it." And we're like, "But speaking but, of Evie, so uh, I love the uh, I love the Zamboni. Uh, it's uh, cool, obviously a cool machine." How is know, that speaking of Evie? I think we should have a character named Zamboni versus someone named Evidence. Okay, I'll, Zamboni I'll take it Zamboni. <laughs> Zamboni Ryan. Why are we getting rid of Fraudry, who is a character that I, I really like? I think the actress Kathleen Monroe does a great job. I thought she was fantastic. and that She's been fantastic the whole time, but she really fucking knocked it out of the park this time. Uh, being able to like clearly see in her face that she doesn't remember Jack's shit about who she is. She did such a good job of conveying that. Uh, switching over to playing a very different personality. I just don't understand the appeal of keeping Evie, who has basically done nothing over the episode she's been in, versus Audrey, who's I think really cool, really important. Has a it's a very interesting it's a it's an interesting character dynamic. Like what a how many other shows got two characters? I think I asked that the first time. How many shows have done something like this? Uh, and they I feel like they just tossed it away. And I think it's just I it's a recurring problem of bring on a character and then fuck up fuck them by like the rev i think we got the rev and what like was it just one or two episodes in season one and he's like oh big problems coming all right i'm not you know and i'm fine with him not showing up every episode but like 
He's like, uh, yeah, b- big trouble's coming if we get renewed. But, uh, <laughs> but even though they knew they were renewed. And and he's going to play a more prominent role as this season develops. And, uh, yeah. you know, I'll be honest, I don't recall, uh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, getting rid of uh, Fraudery is a way to free up more time for Evie. And, you know, are Evie and Duke going to get back to, together? Is Because her, her uh, wily, womanly ways were working on them, you could see. So which one would you take? Would you rather have Evie moving forward or Fraudry moving forward? Which one do you think has the more interesting character dynamics to explore? I think uh, really, uh, and it's nothing against uh, the lady who plays who plays Evie. I mean, mm-hmm. she's more doing the best she can with what she's got. And uh, I, I do think uh, Fraudry is, uh, you know, very the actor is does a great job with she does a phenomenal <laughs> you're job. being so political like like yeah. oh have you there's not a, there's not a you know audrey uh, let's give us the answer well, man <laughs> well that's what i mean i don't know what you know there's more to know about evie and you know i i think like you mm, said i think okay. they could have they could have used uh they could have used fraudry to you know unravel more of what's going on with uh audrey they could have but that doesn't mean that's the only vehicle they can use for it. And there might be some very interesting shit coming up with, with Evie. So at, at some point now, if we get down the road and Evie <laughs> just has a like has like three parts and then she's fucking out of there too, you know, then, you know, I will endorse your, your, uh, <laughs> your treatise on them dumping characters too soon. So that's what I mean. I'm just, I'm giving the, the, the writers and the creators a chance. Giving them some rope. Hopefully not to hang themselves with, but I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah. That, so, so to also clarify who I think came up with the Maxim Overdrive stories, it says story by Matt McGinnis. Now I'm not sure if he's the one who kind of put the Maximum Overdrive thing on the table, or if he's the one that kind of brought the, brought the uh, fraudery kind of subplot to the table. Like, or, you know, what, what are the mandates? It's always hard because there's three writers credited. It's for the writing credit is Matt McGinnis, Nora Zuckerman, and her sister Lila Zuckerman are the three who wrote it. So I'm guessing Nora and Lila did the, you know, the actual writing and Matt kind of came with the like story, the big story elements. Big, big picture stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they probably worked on the, you know, the mechanics of moving the yeah. episode along. Yeah. But but you like but you you're a fan of Nora Zuckerman even if you don't realize it she wrote on uh, Fringe a bunch mm. of episodes Suits oh I, I like Suits as well it got, <laughs> it got kind of crappy at the end but I know. think it was earlier in its uh, time she was on it for two years uh, yeah. more back in like 2014. Yeah, uh, towards the end, it was get, it, like the last two seasons were pretty. pretty yeah, watch it be. She worked on the last two. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, she also worked on a show that maybe isn't great, but I enjoyed it. Was the Human Target? <laughs> human Target was fun. It's kind of pretty dumb, but I, I I had fun with it. Yeah, that's what it, you know. But but that's one of the things you go into it knowing that it that it's dumb, right? You know. So I don't remember what like, the advertising was for it, but yeah. No, I remember you liking it because uh, I watched it with you a few times because. Uh, you make it sound like I had my like Mark Valley like plush doll in my arms or something like, hey, dad, human targets on <laughs> like run in. <laughs> I was like the whole that neighborhood. Big Get the whole neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where's the popcorn? It's human target. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, your human target pajamas. Uh, yeah, and coloring exactly. books. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I think you were ahead on the DVR. Like you usually, you typically would be ahead of me on the DVR. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it was pretty good. I liked, I liked it too. Sometimes it, you know, yeah. okay. Here's an example that I'm going to be embarrassed about, but uh, you know, and I'm going to hate putting this into, you know, into the public. But I watched the new Magnum PI because it's fun. It, it's fun. It's yeah. It it, it it a lot of it's dumb and it's got hokey little you know little feel good parts. It's CBS. It's designed for older people. Every decade you grow in age. Every decade, Mark, milestone, you add a CBS show to your viewership, don't you? Yes, that's, and I, <laughs> I think once you get over 60, it, it's, uh, it's exclusively, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, you're done, you know, <laughs> your, your cable box doesn't even have any other channels. It's just straight <laughs> CBS all day, Someone every day. Sh- when you retire, they ship all seasons of Blue Bloods and uh, yeah. Jag to you, right? Yeah, and you and you have to uh, sign everything in your will over to Drew Carey. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, no, but you know, and that's it. It's it's, it's a pretty dumb show, but it's just it's fun, you know, and it's something to watch light. I I don't have to focus. I really don't have to pay attention. I you know I could be <laughs> unloading the dishwasher while watching it. I mean, if I miss something, who really cares? There's no reason to pause or rewind. So yeah, there's something to be said for that. So uh, one of the things uh, I thought was really neat with the episode was how when they were the Teagues were doing their research on uh, the Maggie Kelly, uh, I kind of like the, the, that Haven tradition of naming shift, uh, ships after lo- uh, lobster princesses. So the Ma- Maggie Kelly <laughs> won in, uh, she was the lobster princess in 98, so they named the ship after her. I think that's a really uh, cool thing that's kind of, that's very Kingish. It sounds like mm-hmm. something that, would, that Stephen King would have in one of his stories. I can hear it in that main accent, that northeastern main accent. Oh, yeah. Already, someone saying Maggie Kelly in the Colorado Kid book or something. Yeah, lobster princess. And, uh... <laughs> I had a big question about the kind of conclusion to the episode. I want to see what you thought about it. At the end, Lewis, you know, has to kind of exile himself, and he's working his workshop on on stuff. You know, you can hear him repairing inside, and Marsha comes up with her crock pot. Number one, before I get into this, the crock pot, she walks up to him while he's working on the fucking car thing at the beginning, the remote control car with the crock pot, not holding it by the handles. Is that, is that, is that, you know, if it's got actual hot food in there, is that kind of how you'd carry it? Maybe she has the same trouble as Nathan. (laughs) Yeah, that she can't feel. Yeah, she can't feel. But no, no. Oh, so so let's talk about her at the end bringing the crock pot up yeah. to 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 yeah, the yeah. workshop. The, the, how, the, how, the, how the fuck is he in the workshop that blew up? <laughs> the workshop blew up. Well, part of it blew up. He's already, you know, he fucking repaired it. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that that type of explosion and uh yeah, and I wanted to talk to you about that, exp- you know, but let's finish with uh, let's finish with the crock pot. I I, I, I like <laughs> You're a crock pot. Uh, You're an avid crock potter. I am. I like to make chili and pulled pork in mine and uh, di- the, different the, types. The art of crock pottery. It is. That's right. Also you know, a I, crock pot. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's just a descriptor to you, right? Yeah, crack pot. And <laughs> there might be some use of a crack pipe. You never know. And, uh, you know, if I, if I had to watch this episode again, I'd probably want to be using some crack. But uh... <laughs> OK, so the way I brought up the crock pot is because, you know, at the end, she comes up and like, yeah, she's crying. She puts the crock pot down and it's like, is he going to come answer? Oh, no. When, you know, and leaves and it's like, 
well, what the fuck? Lewis can date other people. He can be around people. He just can't leave Haven. Like he was dating her and working and it was fine. The things, the machines only started killing people once. She got this hair, this, this crack, you know, this crackpot idea of uh, living on a fucking houseboat. I mean, yeah. yes, I to live in a houseboat. Yeah, I used <laughs> to think that was cool, but then I turned 10 and uh, realized that, no, no. And no offense to any listeners who live in a houseboat or desire to live in a houseboat. That's I've heard it my, gets old. My opinion. Um, yeah. I know someone who lived on a boat for a year and he said it was cool at first and then you get tired of it, uh, as you would expect. Uh, so, yeah, like the machine, all of a sudden he can't be around people at all. I'd be like, well, Marshall, we can still date. I just, you saw what happens. I cannot leave Haven or else these machines are going to kill everyone. So as long as we don't do that, we can date. Is she, and because it, it doesn't come off as she's like, fuck him, you know, for not being able to move or, you know, a final conversation no, no. of her being like, I can't stay here. Goodbye. It's like, a, well, I can't speak to Lewis. I guess it's over. And it's like, what? You can still go talk to him. The robots are the robots. The machines aren't like hostile. They're not jealous. They're not like. They're not like uh, they're not like, wow, don't speak to Lewis or else we're going to kill things. You know, they're yeah. just like they're not, hey, they're not complete leave. Westworld. Yeah, not complete Westworld. yet. don't spoil but... Westworld for me. God damn it. <laughs> no, no, not. Don't spoil it for me. Uh, before you watch the series, watch the, the movie, uh, the original movie with oh, one yeah. of my favorite actors, Yul Brynner, who is uh, was an icon freaking icon but yeah you know and it just you know it really sucks for for lewis i'm like uh you know i'm stuck in haven uh the rest of my life can't go you know i take a vacation people get fucking killed uh yeah it, i mean it sucks but it's not as bad as some of the other stuff people have to deal other troubled folk have gotten okay so when he's on the zamboni and he's uh fixing fi- fixing fixing up the wires where the fuck does he get the wire cap yeah, was, maybe like, it's just like, in there. Maybe it's just sitting in there. You just walk. You just walk around with wire caps in your pockets. Yeah, I was you like, never know when you'll have an electrical wiring issue. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? What does he do? Is he like he repaired the boat and shit? But now he's like an electrician. Like I was just kind of like confused about what his skill. I'm like, he's a welder, electrician, fucking like. Yeah, he's a uh, he's everything. a he, The sign said a sh- sh- like a uh, shipwright and. Uh, and repair and i'm like dude if you can fix fucking ships why would you be waste you know and the money that's gotta pay why would you waste your time fixing trucks and you know yeah. all these little piddly things when unless that's just as passion as fixing things but that's just uh that, that was that was bizarre and, and then okay it, here he is, Mr. AJ Repairman, and he's going to stick his fucking hand in the garbage disposal to get his yeah. keys. Yeah, I mean, even me, who hates anything related to home improvement, knows you got to unplug the bastard first before you start dicking around with it. And uh, yeah, he's just going to stick his hand because I'm, I'm a repairman. <laughs> uh, you see, that was just like one of the things that made me dislike the episode. So kind of along those same lines, what did you think about uh, Audrey and Nathan's decision to go into the workshop and then the subsequent explosion when they were leaving? Um, I mean, I was just a classic, like, of course, they walk in and the door closes behind them like, oh, no, we're trapped. And it was like, of course, of course, what's it, new? Isn't it a pretty dumb decision to go into a workshop with a bunch of dangerous machines that Lewis has worked on, knowing they're already in there and know, knowing what they know? Wouldn't you like go to a window and see if he's in there and try to get his attention? But no, you just 
walk right in. And I could see it. Ha- I could see, I could see, you know, like in the moment, not thinking about it and just kind of rushing in and being like, oh, fuck. And, you know, of course, in their head, they're like, oh, fuck, we shouldn't have come in here. Damn it. Like explosion. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> when, when, when they rush out of the, out of the building, I mean, it's like Nathan is in the fucking flames. And of course, he he has no burn burns whatsoever. And I actually rewound it and see and and paused it. And I could see, you know, obviously it's CGI flames. Yeah. So but he's in the fucking flames and you can't feel it. But he'd still be burnt. You know, it's fast enough. His stuff doesn't catch on fire, you know, like. Yeah, it's like the episode with uh, Duke's old babysitter. <laughs> I was about yeah. to say, Vanessa can Vanessa. not have any scorch marks from getting blown up point blank. Uh, I think uh, maybe fire just works differently in Haven. There's some weird effect. Yeah, uh, apparently. There's yeah. some, uh, like the puzzle, there's some weird child's coloring book that if they color in the flame, it doesn't burn you as much or something. All right. So my contention is I would not have went into the damn workshop in the first place. And uh, I would have been fucking burnt by those flames. You know, I, I did like, yeah, you know, and I thought a lot of the machines were, were cheesy, you know, but yeah. the, I, I did like the way the cert, you know, like the cup of screws at fell and the circular saw was fucking firing them at him. That was pretty, that was pretty cool. I like, I did like that. Nail guns are always fun. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, who who doesn't want to play with the nail gun or has played with a nail gun when they've had the opportunity? I know I have, and it was fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, how many times are is Nathan gonna let Audrey go with this? Let's provoke him to bring out his trouble thing. <laughs> yeah. What's their success rate at? You know, it's worked. Don't yeah, fix- they, they, yeah, they they survive. Uh, oh, Jimmy Halsey sure didn't survive, but boy, fuck him. But. but What'd you think about his death? I mean, it, was that the most graphic, uh, you know, and gory scene yet in any Haven episode? You know what I think is interesting, actually, is uh, the two of these death. Well, not two of these deaths, but uh, the propeller hitting him in the back of the head and the nail gun going off are both two ways of killing people in Final Destination Three. I don't know if you remember that one. So, one the roller coaster. Hmm. But there's a car accident where a guy's fan in the car gets like fucking busts out and like, or it's like some industrial fan type thing busts out and fucking hits a guy in the back of the head and fans his brains out. And then someone else there in a hardware store to the course. So why'd you be in a hardware? I think they're trying to warn someone off. Who's like, this is stupid. Uh, and a nail gun falls and shoots nails in someone's head. So yeah. Yeah. Like I, why would you be in a hardware store? Why would you go into the workshop? Like I said, dumb, <laughs> dumb, dumb, but I do think that's pretty cool though. You know, and it's cause this isn't the first time they've seemed to have borrowed from final destination. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they're just big final. They're like, all right, what else can we, Hmm. What else can we draw from final destination? Uh, yeah. But I just thought, I mean, it was a, I was just surprised by the gore of, of the scene. And uh, I mean, they didn't really show anything of his head, you know, the way he falls and stuff. They don't really let you see the wound, just the blood on the blade on the propeller blades. And like, I guess the side of the ship. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty gory when it goes into his head. Yeah. Yeah. You just see like a CGI blood spray. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I think it's from all the CBS you're watching, man. Uh, maybe it's from all, all the saw you've watched. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're desensitized uh, to violence, and uh, and I'm getting all emotional and learning about Metamucil. And uh, <laughs> well, okay, so uh, 
So what do you think about Duke's FBI file? What with the symbol being in it? Just just the fact that uh you know, if he destroys the file, the FBI no longer has any information on it <laughs> yeah, because in, in 2011, <laughs> they didn't have computerized records yet at, of any variety. So just destroy the paper file and you're in the clear. I mean, maybe Fraudry deleted it, you know, oh. or maybe she found it. You know, you never know. I mean, but yeah, it's pretty ridiculous considering uh, I think now writers have finally caught on to like. You know, I I think Haven is still a little behind the curve. They should have figured this out, but I think everyone's kind of figured out now that everything's digital. So you can't just like burn the paper unless it's like stated like I have not uploaded this digitally. This is the only copy. You know, da da da. Like, yeah, that's that's what I would have liked to have heard. I I, I guess you can make the case. Well, that's implied, but no, that was uh... yeah, it's not really implied. I feel like if Audrey just easily solved if Audrey dropped in a line of like. I stole this from an old, or this is from Maine's FBI office where they don't really have anything like in their archives where, you know, they're ancient. So, cause Duke should have been like, Hey, what? Okay. And you give me the file, but uh, they'll still have a fucking copy. Yeah. That's what I would be like. Okay. You gave me the paper copy. Did you purge the hard drive? What, what, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know kill everyone who's seen it. Yeah, yeah Evie's was... just like her indignant attitude about it of like, why didn't you want my help? Like, because I fucking told you I had it covered and I did. I did like she got her fucking memory erased. So like yeah. if she didn't have her memory erased, I was going to get the file there. And then she got her memory erased, leaving her fucking file here in Haven. So it doesn't really matter, does it? She wasn't going to take it with her with Brad. Well, I think Evie's upset the fact that he he lied to her, you, you know, even though they're both fucking liars. I was like, you no, they, they betrayed each other. She's like, he's in, he's in, he's indicating that she betrayed him big time and fucked him over big right. time. And she's like, oh, you didn't want my help getting this file and you lied to me about it? I've been like, I told you to get the fuck out of here. Like, I told you I didn't want any of your help anyway. Like, she cooked. She cleaned. No. Yeah. Well, it was she fun. was fun. Yeah. And uh yeah, that was I just I just found that notion. It was it was just kind kind of dumb, kind of silly. They just had this like we kind of need Duke to. Everyone's kind of taking a loss this episode or taking on some some uh, you know some weight on their shoulders. You know, Nathan's got to take up you know as he's kind of stepping into having to take on a lot of his dad's duties as Audrey's dealing with Fraudry's the loss of Fraudry. And Duke is like, oh yeah, and he pissed off Evie, and that's like okay, she's an unwanted, she's not wanted here. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought up uh, the, the Nathan thing, because that was one of my uh, positive things about this episode. One of the things that moved it from one, one to three and uh, <laughs> almost got me to go four, actually, almost, almost. Because I think one of the big themes of the episode with Nathan is, uh, you know, he was accepting of being in the role of the chief, but he didn't want to forget or like replace his dad. You know, some yeah. of the things, you know, and now, you know, by the end, he's kind of reconciled those things. He's, you know, he has to do the hot, you know, he needs to do the hot stove. And, uh, you know, he's not, you know, his dad's not forgotten, but, you know, he has to kind of move on. And I thought that was pretty cool that, that you know, like I said, that that helped keep this out of the out of the Razzies for me. <laughs> I think a three out of 10 puts in with, you know, I think that's Razzie territory. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll have a Razzies towards the end of the show nominate our worst episodes i just thought like at the ice rink when they were when when audrey sits down and is playing the uh piano 
I was like, boy, couldn't you guys do a little better work with the camera? Because that is the most blatant case of an actor not being able to play piano that I've ever seen. Uh, I, I, they improved it in the in Audrey's attic, but uh, they definitely improved it. But boy, that looks so fake and obvious in the ice rink, man. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? They hired her, you know, at that point over a year ago, and they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, do you play piano? No. Yeah, figured. All right. Yeah. Just, they don't uh, have a budget for piano lessons, you know. But I, yeah, I get it. It's a, it looks cheap, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those realities you just got to deal with that the piano, that instrument playing in movies just kind of looks like shit sometimes. Yeah. You know, and, and I, yeah, I understand it. But like I said, they did a much better job with it the second time. Mm-hmm. You know, I would now, say, now watch, we learned that Emily Rose can play the piano. She's like, ah, oh, God, I hate this. I hate this podcast. You guys are so incompetent. Uh, it's not as bad as Harmony with that like singing transition. Do you remember? Like, it oh. cut from like being like a song, a non diegetic song into like the characters singing it out loud and it was like oh like no 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 awful, yeah i awful, remember awful. you didn't you did not like that way i i I'll recall ta- that i'll take audrey's uh clearly fake jazz hands over uh over that over the harmony singing well i hope she doesn't play any jazz uh piano you know or or, or jazz flute and because that'll, that'll set Marsha off i mean yeah, she'll be <laughs> she'll be pissed Speaking of music, uh, did you catch who was singing at the end? Hell yeah, Ellie Goulding uh, covering uh, Elton John's Your Song, which is a phenomenal song. I was like, this sounds like Ellie Goulding. I was like, this couldn't be Ellie Goulding. I was like, they couldn't have gotten (laughs) Ellie Goulding. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, you know what? I was like, I guess she wasn't big yet. I was like, I guess she didn't really get big to like another, like she saw like a year, like year or two before she was like, all over the radios. Yeah, that, that song was uh, it was the like the last track on the U.S. version of her debut album. Mm-hmm. So and uh, you know it wasn't until 2016 when she was nominated for a Grammy, but and she's won tons of other award, Brit, especially Brit awards. So I, I, it was early in her career, but I still think it was a pretty good get. I mean, it, oh yeah, it was know. a good get, especially considering how big she blew up to the point where I was like, this sounds like Ellie Goulding, you know, where yeah. I can recognize who's yeah, her like voice. singing, yeah. yeah. And because uh, I was because when it came on, I was like, shit, that ain't no Sweetwater Radio. And uh, <laughs> no, no, of us. <laughs> no offense to Sweet Talk Radio. I, you know, I if you listen to our Patreon episode regarding the Haven soundtrack, you will know my affection for their music. So, yes. That's but yeah, uh, I was I was really Im- impressed that mm-hmm. they got her. But then yeah, that was uh, so, oh, so score one for Haven. I wish it would have been attached to a much better episode, but you know, I, uh, I thought it, I, well, I think the ending was really nice. So I thought that song fit, you know, the mm-hmm. kind of emotional sledgehammer they were like swinging at us at the end with the loss of Fraudry. Check, now, check that. A check bigger that get is if they could have gotten ACDC, those songs from Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, if uh, that would have been, been great if uh, next to his workshop was, uh, you know, like a warehouse and uh, ACDC, that's where they practice and uh, start rocking who made who. It was, it, was, it, was a good, it was a good rock song. I mean, but. Oh, yeah, this guy. Uh, so I, one more question. We, we were kind of figuring out troubles are passed down to people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, families. What the fuck's going on with this, this guy's British? He's got a really yeah. thick accent. Like, did he grow up in Maine with like British parents and he kept, you know, he maintained their accent or did he come over and developed a trouble here in America? Like, what the fuck's going on with that? 
Oh, yeah. 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 So maybe he was born in Haven and his parents sent him to private uh, boarding school in England where, you know, he spent most of his childhood and picked up the accent. And then he come back to Haven to run the family repair shop. And uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I guess like the Nolans, it's kind of similar, right? Where Christopher Nolan spent more time of his youth in England. So he kind of keeps that accent. But Jonathan spent more time in America. So, you know, his he doesn't have a British accent. So I guess. I guess I mean, I'll buy. I guess I'll buy it. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's possible, <laughs> but once again, that, that's why a six is way too high for this episode. That's just another <laughs> damn thing about this. So now, once again, I've been so super negative. So I want to talk about some you know positives. Some have they had some really funny lines in this episode. So like right at the beginning, when uh, Duke is showing you know Audrey's attic to the Audreys, uh, you know. Fraudery is like giving him shit and he's like uh you're not as nice as the blonde one i mean that i thought that was hilarious eh. myself no oh, you didn't you didn't like eh. it it's okay oh and how about nathan when uh, the fax machine fires up and he's like uh, <laughs> yeah that, that was a good one that was a good one yeah if this fax machine comes to li- i've always hated this fax machine and if it comes to life i'm a goner that was that was hilarious and then his his shtick at the uh the, the hockey rink I thought was pretty was pretty yeah, good. That's a good one. Uh, at least I won't feel it when the puck hits me. And uh I'm from Maine. I've been hit by pucks a lot. <laughs> uh, those those were pretty funny lines to me. So I they I they warranted being shout you know, shout outs, even though even though I think I think Wiki listed those two as well. Damn Wiki trying to compete with us. Not as good. Yeah, you, you, you want to come to the <laughs> I was going to say original, but they existed before this <laughs> well podcast did. New and improved. New as and improved. We, as we read stuff on the wiki, like, okay, well, the wiki's saying, uh, but fuck them, you know? No, I'm just kidding. They do good work. No, they, they do do good work. They, they make concise summaries. I mean, I like mine a little meatier and uh, more detailed, but they, they do a good mm-hmm. job. As you can see in the production documents that we release on Patreon, you can see my dad's summaries are, oh, what's a good adjective? Um, um, volumous. <laughs> I mean, uh, if it was speaking, it'd be verbo- verbosity. I think I was going to say verbose, but uh, dense. <laughs> uh, that's just my that's just my intellectual level. But uh, <laughs> I haven't matured since like eighty two. All right. So every episode, we like to do a little special segment. The last couple episodes, we've done more kind of intense discussions. This one's going to be a bit more fun, but a bit more lighthearted. We're going to do Haven Mad Libs. That's right. <laughs> oh my An God. intellectual uh, smor- smorgasbord of uh, of I don't know of vocabulary is coming your way right now with our <laughs> a patented our, all, with our our our. Oh my God! I don't even know what to say. It's, See, it's I'm a cornucopia of yeah, voca- uh, vocabulary greatness. Yeah, coming, excellence coming right at your face right now. All right, so we both came up with a Mad Lib, uh, or wait, what was yours called again? Uh, I, I call mine a Dad Lib. All right, a Dad Lib. Uh, Trust me, when you you hear it, you'll know it's a Dad Lib. You'll be like, uh, you know, that that should never ever be uh, seen again. <laughs> it's all right. dumb. <laughs> all right, so did you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Well, let's preface this with, uh, as a kid. You freaking love Mad Libs, man. You love doing Mad Libs. You would laugh your ass off with them. You do them with whatever family member or whoever was visiting. You, you, Mad you Libs loved are fun. Your... Yeah, no, they're, they're cool. They're cool. I did a couple 
children's practice once before to prep, you know, you, know, <laughs> you pounded some no, no dose and Red Bull and did some Mad Libs on a kid's website. You didn't do the Stephen King McGee preparation for a project? I did not. I did not. <laughs> Due to the times, it's really hard to get to my Coke dealer. And uh, <laughs> uh, Uber Eats hasn't added that, <laughs> yeah, that feature yet, but I'm hoping soon narcotics, hardcore narcotics is added to the menu. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to get the shitty one out of the way first? And, uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, let's Let's... Let's you go first. Okay. All right. So I'm going to ask you for uh, your first noun. Log. I am going to ask you for a city. Toledo. You would pick Ohio. <laughs> that's where uh, Audrey's from. Yeah, that's true. That's a fair point. Fucking, fucking Ohio. Just kidding, Ohio. You guys are awesome. Yeah, great job by the Browns this year. Proud of them. Uh, give me a number. Seven. The, uh, give me a period of time. Uh, biblical? <laughs> hours or do I have to, do I have to give hours? I have to... <laughs> hours or days? Okay, hours or days. <laughs> you got to be more specific. <laughs> That's my fault. That's my fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going to go the you know uh, prehistoric and well, Jurassic. We did, we did plagues. Yeah. We did plagues earlier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> got me thinking about you know. Got me thinking about Exodus. Okay, so a time like a time or a day. Yeah, uh, or a number, a number of hours, number of days, weeks, months, years, whatever. Fortnite, does that count? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, noon, does that work? Okay, yeah, I was looking. Yeah, it's not. It's gonna, it's gonna well, fuck up the dad lib, but that's. Well, I don't know. <laughs> okay, are you? Like how like, many hours or how many days okay. or weeks? Okay, okay. Well, Fortnite is fucking. Was it forty days? Or two I don't remember or what the shit is. I just think it's a douchey <laughs> online game for for kids and pro athletes. Yeah. I've never played Fortnite. No, uh, I have not either. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Seven days a week. Let's go a week. I'm gonna go with a week. We'll go with a week. Okay. All right. Give me two adjectives. Thomas Jefferson High School's prize pupil. Course. Yeah. Course, as in yeah. like a college course. Course. Okay. No one. Oh, oh courses like, in course, yeah. yeah, like sand. Yeah, you know, like when Anakin <laughs> in Attack of the Clones is complaining about sand on tattooing. <laughs> yeah, right, uh, uh, gets in your ass, and yeah, you just can't get it out. Yeah, uh, uh, and then my second one will be uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, how inappropriate are you looking for? I'm fine with however far you want to go with. Oh, it. like yeah. medium. Okay, ribbed. Ribbed. Okay. <laughs> For whose pleasure? Yes. Uh, For Mad Lib's pleasure. Speaking of which, the McRib is back. And when I was a kid, I loved the McRib. So I tried one as an adult. Just first time I've had one in 20 years. And uh, it sucked. I hated it. I think I had it was, one like five or six years ago. And I was like, ugh. Like, I was like, I almost want to take off the rib and just eat the the puns yeah yeah it, 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 i was like okay i know this isn't rib actual rib meat but um you know this clearly tastes like fake you know th this shit could be in a lobster pup i mean yeah. <laughs> okay all right give me a, a like a name name of a person yeah <laughs> let's go with a uh, pull pot 
Pol Pot. All right. <laughs> Cambodian dictator. Pol yeah. Pot. Okay. All right. I mean, my goal, I'm thinking, because I'm not trying to just throw out like Steve. I'm trying to come up with something, you know, fucking wild to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, you know, it's a dad lib. Yeah. You, you want to have fun <laughs> with it. An article of clothing. A condom isn't clothing. So. <laughs> I'm not going to say a condom. Jesus well, since Christ. we're already on the rib theme, you know, I thought you might be trying to, you know, string out the idea here, but. Oh, come on, come on. I'm more original than that. Uh, let's go with a uh, shower cap. Shower cap. All right. I like it. I like it. It's got potential. And a color. Is mahogany a color? Is it type of wood? Burgundy. Let's go with burgundy to, to tribute our Yaz flute player mentioned earlier. I like it. Burgundy. I like it. I like it. And then another <laughs> noun, a second noun. Yeah. Let's go with. Uh, firecracker you know what i should have said for a person i should have said hot lips from mash uh, <laughs> but let's stick with pull pot let's <laughs> stick, stick with pull pot okay uh all right so give me a couple seconds to plug it plug it in all right remember it's called a dad lip so you know keep the expectations low very <laughs> very low pull pot cut himself shaving <laughs> and needed to find a log so he walked across the street and searched Toledo for a week, but he couldn't find one. It was kind of coarse weather, so he wore a shower cap, and the fit was ribbed. <laughs> for his pleasure. <laughs> he finally found seven logs. That's the dad lib. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, the shower cap, uh, that, that played in well. Uh, yeah. You know, so when I created it, it was Nathan cut himself shaving. He needed to find a Band-Aid. So he walked, you know, Haven and all of that. So that's kind oh. of what I did was I built the little stupid paragraph and then. You ready for your Haven Mad Lib? Yes, I am. All right. Give me an adjective. Crappy. Like a past tense verb? Flagellated. Noun? Spatula. Adverb? Passionately. Uh, adjective? Raw. <laughs> that fits perfectly, actually. Um, <laughs> adjective? Blistered. Famous historical figure. Cannot use Pol Pot. Shit, that was my <laughs> first, thing that, that first thing that came to mind. Recent times uh, available too, you know, Doesn't contemporary times? Any person in history ever. Uh, Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Noun? Weed eater. Uh, did, I just, that, did I just mess everything up? The weed eater. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. Painfully. Noun? Boil. As in a boil on your back. Insult. Like a curse word or something. Profanity. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck balls. Yeah. Proper noun. I'm going to go with uh, a name. I'm going to go with Jorge. Adverb? Man, this is a, it, what is this? Worn peace ad lib? I mean, yeah. You got to, there's probably like six or seven. There's like six more. Jesus Christ. I'm telling a story. It's an epic quest. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, about the length of Beowulf. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> adverb. Okay, adverb. Uh, breathlessly. That was perfect. Amount um, of time. 48 days. Adjective? Pissy. Nah, that doesn't work. Nah, nah, nah. Take that back. Nah, 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 okay. nah, nah, nah. Bitchy. 
Past tense verb. Jettisoned. That one came to me just way too quickly. I don't know why. Verb. <laughs> oh gosh. First thing that comes to mind is wank. I have to put it in past tense actually, so it's gonna be wanked. Wanked, okay. Okay. Uh noun. We're almost done. Vase. Or vase as I said it as when I was growing up. Another noun? Uh casket. <laughs> All right. Someone who works on the show. Uh, on their on Haven, not our show. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'd say, uh, yeah, Alex. Uh, uh, no, uh, so like an actor or creator, a- anyone or who's on the show could be anyone that gets paid to be a part of Haven. Stephen McHattie, it was him or Jim Dunn. I you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like the made some good choices, some didn't come out, but I think it's gonna be pretty good. Okay. You ready for your Haven Mad Lib? Oh, I'm waiting with bated breath. Yeah. (laughs) After stopping the crappy rampage of Lewis's machines. Wow. See, that fit in exactly to your opinion. Audrey and Nathan flagellated down to the docks. (laughs) Something was putting their spatula wrong about this whole thing. On the Maggie Kelly, they passionately spotted the rotting pile of raw fish. See? Stepping closer, Nathan notices, noticed a blistered piece of paper. Oh man, this smells worse than Kim Jong-un's underwear. Nathan (laughs) exclaimed. He reached for a weed eater to poke at the paper. (laughs) A hand shot out of the fish painfully and grabs Nathan. Audrey pulls out her boil and shouted, back off, fuck balls, or I'm going to send you packing to Jorge's. Nathan could see breathlessly that the paper was a picture of Captain Richard's. He's been dead for 48 days, Audrey exclaimed. The bitchy hand let go, so Nathan jettisoned back. Audrey wanked forward to help Nathan. The zombie hand tossed a vase at them before retreating. Suddenly, Duke showed up exclaiming, Hey, I got caskets. Stephen McCaddy just brought them over. Dig in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's pretty good. I mean, hand, you know, with the hand and wanked. And uh, (laughs) it was... uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was pretty pretty good. Good, and it's Stephen McCaddy. He you know he he's, does you know uh, his character does funerals. So uh, you know he, yeah, you they, might they brought some. the caskets over. All right, on our Patreon, you'll be able to find these Mad Libs as PDFs. We're gonna drop them with this episode, so you can uh, play with the family. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you want to play Haven Mad Libs with the family, uh, check us out on Patreon. This is going to be in the $1 tier, but I'll get to our Patreon tiers in a minute. Before I get to that, all right, so something I'm doing every episode now is kind of just giving a little shout out to other podcasts that are kind of related to Stephen King content. We're talking about Haven Show, so it's maybe more sci-fi stuff, but we bring up Stephen King quite a bit. I mean, we're talking about Maximum Overdrive nonstop to, uh, during this episode. So I want to bring up Stephen King cast and throw it as a recommendation to you. This one uh, is covering more of the books. He talks about the endings to books like Insomnia, Dolores Claiborne, Gerald's Game, Needful Things, stuff like that, you know. Uh, there he's at uh, episode 243 as of December 19th. So go over there and give him a listen and uh, tell him who sent you. You can find him on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, places like that. Uh, who knows? Maybe uh, he wants to hop into the Bronco with us and uh, <laughs> return to Haven. You know, we, uh, we'll, we'll get some of the Larson Lager that uh, Duke's uh, <laughs> dropped, and uh, we'll have a good old time. A crossover episode. Who knows? Who knows? 
the 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 options are are endless are infinite Inf- there we go like a mobius strip <laughs> but as usual that is goodbye you can uncover more secrets of haven with us in one week trouble drops every monday so make sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts like apple Podcasts, spotify Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Deezer, and you can even listen on YouTube and Vimeo. I don't know if you could hear all that. I was trying to speed read through it. If you want to contact us, the easiest way to reach us is by email. You can reach us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. If you want the podcast straight from the source, you can visit our website, troubledpodcast.com, where we upload every episode and put updates for uh, everyone to see exactly what we're up to. And any links that you're having, uh, trouble finding you can find it there if you're having any troubles finding links trying to fit the title in there again uh, i, I hope the trouble's not uh yeah. machines coming to life and uh killing people yeah then your concern might not be listening to this podcast but let's say you're on twitter and you want to follow us there our twitter handle is at havens troubled that's a capital h and a capital t you can follow us for more haven related irreverence podcasting is fun and we love it but uh we still got bills to pay. That's why you can find us on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can go to Patreon and search for Troubled or Return to Haven. You can find us there. We have three tiers joining. Our first makes you a Haven tourist for $1, where you'll get access to our production documents, which includes fun behind-the-scenes info, as well as a fan shout-out and a Wu-Tang nickname. And as I just mentioned, you're going to get PDFs of these hilarious Mad Libs. Joining our $3 tier makes you a Haven resident where you'll gain access to our bonus series, Troubled with Extra Syrup. We travel outside the confines of Haven to bring you more than you ever thought you needed. We've covered Stephen King books, soundtracks, TV shows, real-life events, you name it. But we always try to find ways to tie back to Haven, so it's not just random episodes, just so you guys know. Lastly, our $5 tier is Haven's Troubled, where you will get access to the Director's Cuts episodes as they drop. Moving forward in 2021, you'll also have the option to set up a Zoom call if you want and uh, some kind of Q&A. We can record it, turn it into an episode or a document if you want, if you think it might be entertaining or interesting for the rest of the listeners to look into. But that's it for us. We'll be back next week, as I said. And thank you for listening. This is Alex French. And this is Rich French. I want to echo Alex's thanks to all the listeners. We appreciate you and glad that you've come along on this journey with us. And we hope uh, you uh, get some other people to join us. Uh, More (laughs) the merrier. And uh, thanks again. Everyone, please be safe. And most importantly, never let your troubles get you down.